Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Assist us mercifully with your help, O Lord God of our salvation, that we may enter with joy upon the contemplation of those mighty acts whereby you have given us life and immortality. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus went out ahead going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethany, in Bethany to a place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you why you're untying it, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as it had been told to them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on, on the colt, they set Jesus on it. And he rode it along. People kept spreading their cloaks on the road. And as they now approached the bath, down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds and the power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory to the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to them, Teacher, order these disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out the gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to praise you, Almighty God, for the acts of love by which you have redeemed us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. On this day, he entered the holy city of Jerusalem in triumph and was proclaimed as King of Kings by those who spread their garments and branches of palm along his way. Let these branches be for us signs of his victory and grant that we who bear them in his name may evermore hail him as our King and follow him in the way that leads to eternal life, who lives and reigns in glory with you and the Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest.
Let us go forth in peace. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord.
be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, in your tender love for the human race, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to take upon him our nature and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Mercifully grant that we may walk in the way of his suffering and also share in his resurrection. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Isaiah. The Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning he awakens, awakens my ear to listen to those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled off the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Where are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. Who will declare me guilty? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. reading from the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness. In being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth 
and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. congregation has remained seated for the first part of the passion. You are responding to the sections of our congregation. He came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to them, Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed. Father, you are willing to move this cup from me, that not my will, but yours will. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him and gave him strength. In his anguish he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When he got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray, that you may not come the While he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, is it 
when those who were around him saw what was coming, they asked, Lord, should we strike by the sword? Then one of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of them. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple police, and the elders who had come for him, Then they seized him and led him away, bringing him to the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else on seeing him said, And about an hour later, still another kept insisting. Man, I do not know what you are talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord took look at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus began to mock him and beat him. And they also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is in destruction? They kept heaping many other insults on him. When the day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, gathered together, and they brought him to council. They said, If you are the Messiah, tell us. assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man worthy of our nation, for what he has to be an act of Are you the king of the Jews? You say so. And Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, I find no basis for an accusation against this man. But they were insistent and said, He stirred up the people by teaching throughout all of Judea from Galilee to Peter even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time because he had heard about him and was hoping to see him perform some sign. He questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod, with his soldiers, treated him with contempt and mocked him, and then put an elegant robe on him and sent him back to Pilate. 
That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other because they because before this they had been enemies. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was perverting the people. Here I have examined him in your presence and have not found this man guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Then they all shouted together, Away with son, release Barabbas for us. This was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! A third time he said to them, Why? What evil has he done? I have found in him no grounds for the sentence of death, and will therefore have him flogged and then released him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country. They laid the cross upon him, made him carry it behind him. A great number of the people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughter of Jerusalem, do not eat for me, but eat for yourself and the Lord said, For the days are truly coming when they are saying, Blessed are the parents and the wounds of the also who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. They came to the place that is called the skull. They crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leaders scoffed at him saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of Jews. One of the criminals who was hanged there kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But others rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, while the sunlight failed and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands 
Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly, this man was innocent. And when all the crowds who had gathered there for this spectacle saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching this. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who, though a member of the council, had not agreed to their plan and action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, then took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and laid it in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had ever been. the director of the English patient, or maybe from the creator of Halloween and Escape from New York. You know what's coming next. You know what this sounds like. This is the language of a movie trailer. It's designed to set you on the edge of your seat and draw your interest to the movie and cause you to lean over to your friends or your date and risking being shushed by those around you to say, I want to see that one. And it's the same with television. At the end of the episode, the announcer comes on and says, stay tuned for scenes from our next episode. But when the scenes come on, what happens? We see a, a few images and a snippet of dialogue, and then maybe the announcer comes back on and says something ominous like, and you'll never guess what happens in the last two minutes. But either way, the scenes never tell the whole story, do they? To know what really happened, to know what happens in the final two minutes, you have to come back and watch the episode. You have to wait until next week or until the movie comes to a theater near you and settle in and experience the story. That's right, you have to experience the story. Because movies and television no stories are ever as satisfying if you just read the plot in the TV guide or have a friend who has seen it tell you what happened. And the Christian story is no different. If you really paid attention during Advent, if you really 
listened to and prayed over the prophecies of the coming Messiah, then you would be just as surprised to see all that happened as Mary and Joseph were. And no amount of friends who have already seen it or reading spoilers on the internet could make up for experiencing that very first Christmas. Now today is Palm Sunday. And we've got two readings from the Gospels. The first goes with the liturgy of the palms that we began with, and it told the story of Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And the second reading tells the story of Jesus' passion of his final few days and hours. Really, it's a kind of a scenes from next week, or more accurately, scenes from this week, from this holy week. If you come back for the services that will happen each evening this week, and I, I hope that you will, we'll hear some familiar readings. But you may hear them again as if for the first time, finally strung together one after another day by day as Christians the world around walk with Jesus through this most important week of his life on earth. From today's triumphal entry through his betrayal by a friend all the way to the cross. Because I don't want to spoil the ending, though I imagine you know it, just going to say, you will never believe what happens in the last two minutes. You're going to want to come back and see that. But that's all for another time, because today we're still at the beginning, when Jesus' ministry is in its full flower, when his deeds of power are still being described in homes and in the marketplace, and people are still hoping that he might be the kind of king to overthrow the Romans restore the land to its rightful leaders, to the king of Israel, the son of David, who will rule in his place. Now I can imagine what that day might have been like for many of the people in that crowd, and maybe you can too if you've ever had an experience like this one that I had. I was driving down a street in my hometown of Chicago, and suddenly, I found myself caught in traffic. Now, that's not amazing in Chicago, but this was way more traffic than usual. It's not the kind of traffic jam that you can just turn around and get out of. It was like driving into a sea of cars. And they were just stopped. Traffic was so backed up that people in front of me were actually just turning off their cars and getting out and walking up the street to find out what was going on. And after a while, I did too. And about a block up the road, I discovered, along with everyone else, the source of this traffic jam. It was one of these amazing parades that spring up in surprising places and times in Chicago in the summertime. There were horses that were decorated with streamers and bands and young girls in the costumes of the native country of the place holding the parade, and finally, there was this group of men, and they were carrying on their shoulders a platform. And on the platform was a large statue of the local church's patron saint. 
covered in flowers and wearing a golden crown. I never did learn what country these people were from or who the saint with the golden crown might have been, but when ladies from the church moved through the crowd with large wicker baskets, I contributed a few dollars with everyone else. And I walked back to my car, sort of in a daze, and I started it up again, and I drove off to whatever ordinary business I had been trying to do in the first place. It might have been a similar feeling for those in the crowd that day. Just going about their own business, suddenly they hear the sound of a parade. But as they listen more carefully, they can hear that this isn't just any kind of a parade. It is a triumphal entry. Just like those to honor a conquering hero or a victorious general back from the war, it has all of the pieces. It has crowds of people marching before the main attraction, shouting about all the amazing things that he has done. But this one is somehow different. Because instead of shouting about all the victories in battle and all the people that have been defeated, this hero has healed lepers and made those who could not walk to dance with joy. And some of those doing the shouting had once been mute themselves. Well, this is the kind of hero you have to see. And if you had been there, you would know for sure what this hero should look like. He would be wearing some beautiful clothes and the laurel wreath that the Romans give to their victors. He would be riding on a tall, beautiful, strong horse. Imagine the surprise on the faces of the crowd when they see Jesus. Not a Roman general at all. Nothing like that. Just a nondescript <coughs> Israelite. No fancy clothes, no laurel wreath, and for some reason he's riding not a war horse, but a donkey. Is this some kind of a joke? No. No joke at all. Jesus was teasing the Romans with this parade, that is for sure. But it's no prank. Everything Jesus did, he did with a symbolic purpose. He entered the city from the Mount of Olives, like the prophet Zechariah foretold. And he came riding not on the horse that people expected, but on a donkey, as Solomon had when he was anointed king over Israel. And the people threw their cloaks in the road as the people had when the prophet Elisha anointed Jehu king. Now some must have realized at that moment that this was not a military leader, but the Messiah of God. The Messiah that God had promised. But even they probably didn't know what all that would mean in the end. Most would have missed the signs altogether. They probably had a good reason. You know, maybe their Sunday school teachers didn't tell them the story of Elisha and King Jehu. Or maybe the verses from Zechariah only came up once every three years or so in the lectionary. Maybe they had an excuse, a reason why they didn't recognize Jesus. Maybe. But most of them probably came to see a king. 
Instead, they saw a rabbi riding a donkey. No wonder the crowd turned against him. No wonder they were so able to shout, crucify him. Because they didn't know who Jesus was. They didn't know what Jesus meant. But, again, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. And I, I don't want to give away the ending. For now, let's just say that as we leave our heroes, things are looking pretty good for Jesus. He's even gotten in one last dig on the Pharisees. But this victory, the triumph of the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, it won't last. But it won't be the last. Come back tomorrow night to see what happens next. And come again and again all week accompany Jesus and each other all the way to the cross. But for today, just for today, shout with the crowd, blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven, glory in the highest heaven. As we enter into the mystery of our Lord's death and resurrection, let us pray in faith and repentance. For the Holy Catholic Church throughout the world, that it may grow in love, leadership, and ministry. O God the Father, have mercy upon us. For a holy week that renews faith, strengthens hope, and increases love through the saving deeds of Christ Jesus, creator of heaven and earth. Have mercy upon us. For catechumens and those who will be baptized, O God the Son, have mercy upon us. For the whole human family, that justice and peace may reign, redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. For the sick, the suffering, and those in prison, that they may experience the mercy of God through the passion of Jesus Christ. O God, the Holy Ghost, have mercy upon us. For those who celebrate birthdays and anniversaries this week, that their days may be increased and their loyalties confirmed. Sanctifier of the faithful. Have mercy upon us. For the dying and the dead and those who mourn. O holy, blessed, and glorious Trinity, one God. Have mercy upon us. Remembering the Blessed Virgin Mary and all the saints, let us offer ourselves and one another to the living God through Christ. To you, O Lord our God. O God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ, 
that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Episcopal Church. It's good to see you all this morning. Uh, there are lots of, there's lots of information in your bulletin uh, to highlight a few, but first I want to say thank you to uh, the president of Bexley Seabury Seminary in Chicago, the Reverend Dr. Micah E.J. Jackson. <laughs> it's perhaps no surprise when we met eight years ago that we became friends because our names are basically the same. And Micah, like me, is not a smart man. So if you've thought to yourself, you know, TJ looks a bit gimpy this morning. Well, it's true, because yesterday, Micah and I walked 32 miles in 12 hours with uh, big, heavy backpacks on our backs. Uh, so that's how we decided to ring in Holy Week. On page 22 of your bulletin, you'll see the full Holy Week schedule. There are services every day, and I, I hope that you will take the opportunity to attend based on your schedule. And finally, youth confirmation class will meet today in the lounge. In the lounge. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. For our sins he was lifted high upon the cross, that he might draw the whole world to himself. And by his suffering and death, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who put their trust in him. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself. And when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you in your mercy sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, recalling his death resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. 
Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people, the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace. And at the last day, bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him by faith with thanksgiving.
Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your down before the Lord. 